0: Allie, you're here, What's man. Up? Great, great to great be to here. Meet. Yeah. Great to to meet you. Uh, We have only 29 minutes, so I definitely want to get the most out of it as I I possibly Uh (laughs) can. Uh, I have personally been following your your YouTube channel for, geez, at least a year now. So, I I love what you do. I think your enthusiasm uh, for business, for Tesla, for electric cars is infectious. Uh, Keep it up. I'm really excited about our
1: conversation today. For those that
0: don't know you, could you give us a 10-second introduction on yourself?
1: Totally. Yeah. Uh, my name is Gali. Um, I run a YouTube channel called HyperChange, which basically talks about all the companies I'm investing in and technologies that I think are changing the world uh, for the better, making us more sustainable and just sort of documenting my journey about following and investing in those companies. And obviously Tesla is like my biggest obsession in that lens. And so that's the company I make the most content about.
0: Correct. And you have been going to Tesla events for quite some time, and I believe
1: you are at Battery Day. Is that correct? Yep. I was at Battery Day. I even got the uh, investor tour of the actual cell production line uh, at Battery Day. It was my fourth year of going to the Tesla shareholder meeting in a row. Uh, I think that might be a record. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> that's uh that's
0: fun uh so to the next half an hour uh fools is all about um galley's uh takeaways from battery day we're going to pick his brain get your questions in there we're just going to ping through so i just want really maybe a one minute overview from you what are your big takeaways from batter day what did you see there that um that you that that made you the most excited
1: yeah Uh, You know, I think this was really an event for long-term investors. And I love how Tesla has really changed their communication strategy to focus on the technology they're building, because that's really the value from a long-term investor standpoint. It's not what's on the earnings or income statement today, but it's about the, my research isn't focused on the financial statements, but it's focused on the technology they're developing, which will create amazing financial statements 10 years from now, you know? And so that's really what this was about, was Tesla moving one step, or actually many steps further to vertically integrate into the battery supply chain, which is their biggest concern. constraint on growth thus far. I mean, Tesla's, my my favorite problem for my investments to have is if they can't sell enough of their product. That's their biggest problem. Is like too many people want their thing. They can't make enough of it. If that's their core fundamental issue, we have got a, you know, this is awesome. And so that is Tesla's core issue. They literally can't build enough cars too many. There's 700 people, 100,000 people want the Cybertruck, everybody's wearing the semi. And so it's all about how do we build enough batteries for millions of these cars that people want. Um, And the the way to do that is to bring that production in house and literally just forcefully scale this supply chain because the battery supply chain wasn't built to, su- to build 10 million cars. And so um, it was all about this division and technology about how to scale that battery supply chain.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree with you there. And maybe I should back up for one second, Gally. Gally, I'm Brian Feroldi. I'm a writer for uh, for Fool.com. I have been an investor in Tesla since 2013. I've been following oh, awesome. them, and they're they're one of my favorite companies to follow. The Motley Fool, we one of the things we love is Motley, a diverse set of viewpoints. There is no company line on anything. There are big bulls at the at the Motley Fool, including myself. We also have a fair number of big bears at the uh, on Tesla. That diversity of view- Used is something that we, we we celebrate and something that surprised me from from Battery Day. Um, I know this probably didn't come as shock to you. Overall, the the media takeaway from Battery Day seemed to be almost one of letdown. Was there anything? Let me just start with that. You are uh, somebody who's followed Tesla for a long time. Is there anything from Battery Day that they didn't announce that surprised you, or were there any negative surprises to you from Battery Day?
1: Yeah, I think that says a lot more about the media than it says about Tesla, frankly, because if you talk to anyone in the, in the industry about what they announced, they're really uh, blown away. I mean, the thing that I wasn't expecting was not only did they go into vertically building their own battery cells, which is kind of what people were expecting, but they're actually going into cathode production. Every single other cathode is getting produced in China, this crazy raw material supply chain that's actually really sort of intensive from a fossil fuel standpoint for transporting all of these rocks. And so Tesla, by bringing this into the US on-site cathode production, and even potentially mining production. They bought this lithium clay mine in Nevada. Um I did not expect those two pieces of the vertical supply chain. So Tesla even did more than I was actually expecting in terms of vertical integration here. And although a lot of it's you know down the road, it takes years to do this, um that was really, really exciting for me.
0: Yes, I I I agree with you. I mean I follow a number of YouTube channels on itself. Many of them, I mean, I thought, I I was personally surprised that they didn't announce the million mile battery. I thought that that was like a a shoe in. I'd also heard some uh, potential about some, some logical things about, they're going to announce that the vehicles are going to be plugged into the grid to create a virtual power plant. So those things were something that I was expecting to hear, but I didn't. The one thing that, that Blew me away uh, was this picture here, and I do have a couple of uh, pictures from the from the event. And it's really just the overview of their technology. They're saying that they're going to get a fifty-six percent reduction in the cost of the the battery technology, not from one innovation, but from a series of innovations that are going to stack up on on each other. You got a chance to tour the plant. You got to hear a chance to, to, to kind of hear it in, in more, more detail. Anything when you saw the tour of the plant that made you say that's too aggressive? Or do you think, do you, do you take them at their word that this is, this is the thing they've laid out? And could they even be potentially being conservative in the numbers they've given?
1: You know, it'd be crazy if they were conservative because they said they're going to hit 100 gigawatt hours uh, in 2022 production rate of this in-house built cell, which would be about triple the rate of today. So if you think about that, they're already building 500,000 cars, going to do 30 billion in revenue with that battery output. Now they're tripling that battery output just from their in-house produced cell by 2022. I think that's insane if they can actually hit that off. Like that blows my mind. Um, And I think they were partially downplaying a lot of the impact this could have on new products because they don't want an Osborne effect. Um, But I'm also curious, you know, is, are, is that a realistic ramp? That sounds insane. You know, Tesla's been optimistic with some timelines before, but they've also been, you know, actually really on point with other timelines, uh, especially with battery production. The Gigafactory was supposed to be doing 500,000 cars a year in 2020 when they built it in 2014. That's exactly on track. Model Y ended up being two quarters early. So a lot of this stuff about Tesla missing their timelines, i have actually not seen. Recently, Tesla's been really on point with their timelines. And so that almost freaks me out of like, Uh, You know, this has been probably seven or seven, five years in the works in super stealth mode R&D of them working on this. This isn't like they just did it today. And my biggest takeaway from that battery cell production line is these things are just flying out like bullets, just and there's just freshly baked battery tray after freshly baked battery tray. I mean, this is not uh, an experiment anymore. They are cranking out a ton of these cells uh, or at least practicing.
0: Yeah. Um, one of my favorite kind of follow on videos from, um, from Battery Day was an interview I, I saw with Sandy Munro. And I think people that are following the industry know that Sandy Munro has been rightfully so critical of Tesla. I mean, his teardown that he did of the Model 3, he basically said, this thing, this thing needs so much work. There's so much to be done. He couldn't contain his enthusiasm uh, at post battery day. He basically came out and said, ICE vehicles are in a tremendous amount of trouble. And I view him as a credible resource given his history of kind of talking down and downplaying Tesla. He is not a Tesla cheerleader, but his reaction to battery day was from the engineering perspective was like, wow, that spoke volumes to me. Was there, any, was, was there any similar takeaway from you or is there any other third-party validations that you've seen that have really amped up your uh, enthusiasm yeah. for the that it, day? And-
1: And it's funny because even Sandy Munro is actually almost like a lagging indicator because he was so skeptical of Tesla. (laughs) And the only thing he got wrong was how much Tesla would dominate. So if anything, he almost downplays how disruptive Tesla is. And I actually just did an interview with him that I'm going to post on my channel about talking about battery day, recapping this. And I mean, that's what I'm saying about the people in the industry who understand this technology and understand what Tesla announced. The closer you are to the industry, the more impressed you are. And I mean, to me, it blows my mind. Tesla, you know, they were barely building cars uh, you know, 10 years ago and you fast forward, they figured out how to build cars with robots better than everyone else, pumping out 25% gross margin, you know, Sandy said the body panel gap sucked at the model three model Y they're amazing. This rate of improvement. Now to see them take the battery production side of this in-house. I mean, it's just blowing my mind to see how fast they're moving and just vertically integrating. Like it's, it's like, they're literally moving like 10 times faster than everyone in this industry. Something that's, uh,
0: I was both surprised at and also not surprised at and it almost was, was like overlooked for people that got a battery day. Tesla basically announced that it's getting into the mining business and that it's created this brand new way to, to mine. Uh, was it lithium or, or silicon? One of the two. And that to me is just like, this company is endlessly innovative and really is doing everything they can to become extremely vertically integrated. Um, did, did you get any more information about that while, while you were there? Or is that something that you think is going to be a, a long-term competitive advantage for the company? Any insights on that?
1: I mean, I love the outside the box thinking they're doing. And this is actually this clay sort of extraction technology. It's been sort of a new sort of R&D kind of, there's like a bunch of products around the world trying to use a sort of similar approach. So it sounds like a cutting edge new type of lithium mining technology that Tesla obviously thinks is very promising. And so they want to start dabbling in. Um, so I think that's that's awesome. And I mean, just the ingenuity, the the kind of like nothing is too big of a problem to tackle, I just think is, is so fascinating here. And I, and I think that's really what the cool takeaway is. It wasn't really one innovation or this cell or they're getting into mining. It was like, this is really a battery skunk works that they have launched. Uh, you know, it's an R&D powerhouse to really look at all facets, like a kind of systems approach of how that battery supply chain works and how we can, you know, piece by piece, that 56% cost improvement is just looking from a first principle standpoint of each piece of this supply chain and how we can sort of, you know, improve it on all aspects.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask uh, you a question because they they mentioned this in the presentation and it seemed to be a really big deal, but they didn't go into too much uh, detail about it. I completely understand that Tesla can't divulge all of its secrets, right? And doing so would be kind of silly. One of the things that they basically said was, Silicon is super abundant. It should have been used in better technology for years, but it expands and they just basically said, we have this polymer that we put over and poof <laughs> solved that like solves the problem. Did you get any more insight into that? Because that seems like a major breakthrough and they just kind of were like, yep, we solved it. And and didn't. did you see anything more about that behind the scenes?
1: You know, no, and this is a little over my head, honestly. Uh, I know they've been trying to increase the amount of silicon in the anode for a long time. And there are a lot of companies successfully doing that. So it, it's like, once again, with the clay kind of mining thing, it's like, this is kind of when you know in that industry, you know, the anode cutting edge stuff is going to silicon already, but they're kind of working on almost commercializing, almost getting it right. And it feels like that's the level of where a lot of these announcement, were. we're really pushing that boundary of what's possible, commercializing this next incremental level of all of these technologies. And you stack that up and what do we get? We get a battery, you know, my model Y, Is already going 300 miles. It's an amazing car competing in class. But if we get that one incremental improvement in this battery technology one step further, it's really easy to just thoughtfully see how like wow, of course these ice cars don't have a chance. You know the specs are already competitive. We get that one bump that all these improvements are showing. Uh, But I wish I could tell you more about that silicon polymer you know, secret sauce. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's just, see, I'm not seems, that nerdy, honestly.
0: Yeah. It, it seems amazing. Uh, just while we're on that, did you get to see the new stamping press by chance? I know that that, that is like, uh, again, Sandy is like, this no. is a major innovation, but uh, uh, it's, it's something that it's, it's going to, it seems to really have the potential to lower the, their cost per car uh, dramatically. So that'd be so cool to see that thing in action.
1: Yeah, it would be so cool. And I thought it was really fascinating uh, how they showed the cell to pack thing. That was another big improvement is the battery cell is a structural component of the car. And this is very different. And this allowed them to remove a lot of excess space. And so I thought that was another crazy innovation of like, of like back to that systems approach, like not just like the battery cell, what we do with the battery cell, the chemistry's in the battery cell, the shape of the battery cell, but how we, that shape of the battery cell impacts the shape of the car. And I even heard in Berlin, like they're planning some crazy, like eight piece mega, like even taking this ca- casting thing to one more level. Um, and it's even like you talk about Tesla and rocket science technology, they develop their own aluminum alloy that's specially that doesn't need to be treated in a special way that can handle this massive press. So, I mean, the layers of, of innovation here is like, uh, you know, insane. I think that's
0: an overlooked advantage that Tesla has had this entire time. Elon Musk is the CEO of two companies, one of which is SpaceX, which almost gets universal praise or a lot more praise from people. I think in a large part because it's not public and people just see the incredible technologies come out and they're like, wow, this is amazing. But Elon has access to SpaceX engineers. And he has all along, and he can do things like create new alloys that, again, are used in the car. And again, I think that's just an overlooked advantage uh, of the company. Um, I want to switch gears one uh, real quickly for you, and go yeah. talk about this picture here. Uh, this was an interesting picture that came out that talked about the different cathode materials and how they're going to apply to the different products that Tesla is going to make. They glossed over this in the presentation, or at least they went fast, and I understand why. But this car that is underneath the, the that is hidden here, Elon later said this is going to be a $25,000 car with autonomy. With uh, uh, autonomy. Yeah, I, th- My-
1: it, They're not saying you're going to get the autonomous software with it. It'll have the okay. autonomous hardware. You're going to have to pay twenty five grand more if you want it to drive itself, for sure.
0: Okay, Because yeah. I, I noticed
1: a lot of the media and it's not like they weren't trying to say it's going to be autonomy too, but I just wanted to clear that up. But yeah. Oh, po- please do. That was my, that was the confusion. So, so he
0: was saying uh, what he meant to say or the interpretation that he gave was a $25,000 car with the hardware built in, but not because right yeah. now and autonomy I for, costs $8,000 or something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And for Tesla fans, I mean, this is this is in line with what the game plan's been from day one. You know, the Model 3, we're starting at that 35 to like 38 for Model 3 and Y, but then you gotta pay, you know, the 8,000 autonomy, you can get your features, but the real true, the next class of that is bringing that starting price down to 25 and then you'll have your features and whatever, but it's really that that incremental step down in the base price that will get them even below that luxury segment into that mass market segment. And then you take into account the savings of ownership of decreased, you know, it's way cheaper to charge it up than oil, that $25,000 is really comparable to an 18 or 19 thousand dollar ice car you know regardless of you know that ice car is not going to have autonomy but then if you want you can pay 25 grand and get autonomy and maybe it's a 50 or 60 thousand dollar total car that can drive itself around and generate hundreds of thousands of revenue per year it's going to be this crazy uh product but uh the other th- key thing on that chart that i think is a lot of people i'll just jump into that with which if Tesla's gonna make that sell for that $25,000 car, because that's something a lot of uh, people were questioning. And I actually just got off the phone with Tesla's best Relations, kind of trying to clarify this for you guys um, and for my own knowledge. But like, Tesla wants to do all their battery cells in-house, and I know they get iron phosphate cells from CATL for their cars in China. And so some people are like, oh, are they gonna use these third-party cells for the Model 2? But no, I think it is gonna be the 4680 and they will build it with that iron cathode they're going to start the 4680 cell with nickel uh higher expensive for the semi truck and cyber truck but over time fast forward to 2023 2024 they're going to be using that 4680 cell with the nickel magazines with the nickel and with the iron just like that slide you showed for their different products but i think you, they're just going to start with uh plaid model s that you know the first cars that are getting these batteries and those that's coming out at fremont production line maybe roadster and then the, what the real magic is, is they're going to build all, they're going to take all these learnings from this trial battery line and build them as part of that Austin factory for the semi and cyber truck. And that'll be where the rubber meets the road. And we're like, all right, like, let's see how good these batteries are. Let's see how many you can build. It's totally new, you know?
0: Yeah, that's, that's great color. And what you just said there, I, I mean, again, Tesla shareholder, Tesla bull. My, uh, my immediate thought was if I was on the fence of buying a Model 3. And I now know in three years time, there's a $25,000 uh, Tesla waiting in the wing with full autonomy. Why on earth would I pay 60 or 70 grand today? So if 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 what you said is, is, is accurate, and I have no doubt that it is that the car will cost 25. But if you want autonomy, it's going to be money on top of that. That's a message that again, even me as a bull that watched the entire thing did not get. So there needs to be some education to educate the market after that, to stop the Osborne effect. That's a major question that I had as a takeaway from there. So do you think, I mean, what, what, what should Tesla do as follow-up to make sure that people aren't confused like I was?
1: You know, yeah. And I'm like, I've like, maybe I'm a little guilty for this too. Cause I put that in my video, like the 25 K Tesla. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't think it's, a big deal at the end of the day. I think it's kind of a new thing. You know, no other car comes with a brain that can actually drive itself that people actually care about. Like, yeah, you can talk about GM Super Cruise and Cadillac Super Cruise and Subaru's Cruise Control, but nobody cares about it. Nobody's getting pumped at it. Nobody's paying an extra eight grand per car for that. You know, Tesla is the only company on the planet that's introduced this new software brain that people actually are dying to get. The attachment rates like 30 to 40 percent or something. And and it's only going to go up and up in price. And so this is a very new thing for the entire automotive industry. It's why Tesla's uh, uh, gross margins are going to be structurally so much higher than every automaker we've seen in history. That's why their valuation makes no sense to traditional analysts because they don't get this. Um, And I think that's it. And this is all a symptom of like, you know, the media and Tesla trying to communicate this new thing. They're like, yo, we got the car to 25K and you know, and they're all excited about that from the hardware perspective and they don't realize that people are getting confused about the autopilot. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's just a symptom of how new and disruptive Tesla is and the car is becoming a computer on wheels and the software brain of the car is worth just as much as the nuts and bolts in the steel.
0: That's an important point there. Can you drill down on that for like two seconds? You just said you think that the gross margin is gonna grow over time. I've also heard that, um, that argument from, yeah. from other people. Can you
1: dig into the, the why behind you think that that's gonna happen? Oh, I mean, so it already has happened. I mean, if you look up at the commentary for David Einhorn, you know, I was t- when I was talking to him two years ago, there's no way Tesla can hit 25% gross margin at this price point. So they've dropped the price of their car. You know, the whole, the word used to be, oh, when Tesla comes out, their $40,000 car, no way they can make money. And so what's happened now is they've actually made money for four quarters in a row, like with all of those cars. And so, um, and, and this is just starting the incremental gross margin expansion. So now you have that price stabilizing and actually FSD has been taking up 6,000 to 7,000 to 8,000. And, uh, you know, what's happening here, I think, is you're going to get incremental gross margin expansion before full autonomy. So when full autonomy hits, yeah, it'll be worth 30k. And you're like, oh, that's three or four years down the road. It's going to take forever. But in between them, we're getting 8,000 to 9,000 to 10,000 for that software package and the attachment rate staying fixed. And so Tesla, to download that new software to each car, the incremental cost is super duper low, and on a typical fifty thousand dollar car you're only making ten thousand in profit or twelve thousand in profit. So if I make another eight thousand in profit on a software package, I've doubled my margins and so and as that software package goes up to eight to twelve to fifty you know and I made videos about why this is going to go up as they release more features, this is a whole thing you can you know discuss There's a billion in deferred revenue on the balance sheet to wait for this these features to roll out um but it's kind of this idea that as they charge more for the software pack and as more people buy it, there's this chunk of ultra high margin revenue as a part of their vehicle that that really changes the equation for thinking about, okay, maybe Tesla looking at 30, 35% gross margin structurally long term. This looks a lot more like Apple than Ford. Then all of a sudden this price sales ratio starts to make sense. All of a sudden we're looking at the cash flow. We're looking at the debt to revenue. You're like, this is not a car company. You know, this is way more like Apple direct to consumer with inventory, with supply chain. Yeah, they have way more factories and it's more CapEx intensive, but this is a lot more like a product tech company than it is like a traditional automaker. So, um, yeah.
0: I, I I agree with you. I agree with you there. People have been calling us a car company all along. I remember an interview I heard with Elon six, seven years ago when he said, people think Tesla is a car company. Tesla is a hardcore engineering company that is currently focused on cars. I've always kept that in my mind about uh, when when I think about Tesla. Now, at Battery Day, they went into a lot of details about the batteries for the cars. Elon has long said that he thinks the energy portion of the business, which is currently sub 10% of revenue or so. He thinks that will eventually rival. Did they give you any insights, extra insights there about how they're gonna apply this technology to Powerwall, to PowerPack, to MegaPack, et cetera?
1: Yeah, so they didn't focus too much on, uh, on the energy and grid side. And I think it's just because they're just doing so much with vehicles and the opportunity is so big there that um, that's where the focus is. But then if you look at the kind of atomic unit of Tesla and like their core technology, it all goes back to that battery cell. Like that's the same kind of battery cell that they're going to eventually be putting in all their energy storage products. So all these improvements in making the battery more sustainable, easier to produce, cheaper, more reliable, more efficient, all of those things are going to work their way back to the grid business. And what it means is if your power wall costs $6,000 right now and only stores this much energy, now it's going to cost 4000 and store twice as much or whatever eventually. And so I think we've like Tesla, to me, if 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 I what I think is actually going on is they've like a stack of fifty projects of all these people who want batteries, and they just like can't even get to it because they're literally just giving all their batteries to Model Y and Cybertruck and and thing, and they want to scale their car business to a hundred billion to two hundred billion, and that is just on the table waiting to be tackled from a twenty-five billion dollar company. Then and like I said, their their biggest constraint is their battery, and once they do that, then I think we're going to start to see them focus, and I just think it's kind of Elon's like. Tesla's culture of getting pumped and excited on the next thing. And like investors shouldn't like wait for that energy business to give them value right now, but they should start to think in 25 as this automotive business matures, where does this next leg leg of growth come in? Where does all this hard work on the engineering and battery side, where does that value, the next phase of that value being realized it's on the grid. And, you know, you think about if we have, a million electric vehicles driving around today. What if we have fifty million? We're gonna need a lot more grid stability. We're not need a lot more renewable energy. The grid's gonna need a lot of work to su- be able to sustain this influx of new massive batteries and power draw essentially. And so, um, I think it's gonna take decades to really reinvent the grid. Actually, I have one more piece on this rant, really quickly. The solar roof. I think this is so exciting. Like. Uh, to just think about the opportunity of Tesla, like go on the street and walk around. Every car is not electric. You're like, okay, that could be a Tesla, that could be a Tesla. And then you go look at the roofs of the houses and you're like, these guys are all paying a hum- couple hundred bucks a month to draw energy from the central grid. And I'm literally looking at the sun hitting the roof and they're not doing anything about it. And then they're plugging their Tesla in half the time to that same grid. And so I just think this, this really simple opportunity of go outside and look at how much energy is hitting our cities that we're not collecting. Tesla has been refining the, the roof technology and the solar panels commoditized, but the ability to install that quickly and productize that install and make sure we capture all this energy that's hitting us that we're not using. I think that's just such a huge uh, sort of new white space opportunity. A roof is going to cost 50 grand. That's as much as a Model 3. I mean, this is going to be a really big business um, too, but I just think it's just all down the road and that's why they didn't focus on it.
0: Yeah, that will be something that I'm really excited about, especially now that they have transitioned to their differentiated selling model. I can tell you that I have solar panels on my roof and three years ago when I was researching them, I, I put my bid out to Tesla. Tesla was one of the highest uh, of, of all those that I have. I, from what I see now and their new new model to selling where they're basically, basically small, medium, large, choose your own adventure where they're in one day and get it out. Now, through that, they're going to be, they might be the low cost producer by far. Uh, and their marketing advantage can definitely help them do that. So, I am personally interested to see if that transition uh, pays off. One last question before we go to Q&A, because we only have a couple of minutes left. You've been studying this company for a long time. What do you think is the biggest misconception that people have about Elon
1: Musk? That he is a billionaire or entrepreneur or some just rich business guy. This dude is just the coolest, chillest, smartest, down to earth nerd. He is just a hardcore engineer nerd who is in it for the right reasons, who doesn't give a shit about money, who literally just likes, just loves, and he just engineers all day. He loves building rockets, building cars, making things that make him excited about the future. And then that's why he has this huge passionate following because I get up every day and I love my Tesla. It brings the biggest smile to my face every day. When I see it, it's running on clean energy. The fact that we're shooting these rockets up, Starlink might come out. Like I just think that's the biggest misconception is that like deep down, it's just a nerdy, technological kind of amazing moment of science and engineering and one of the greatest inventors of all time in humanity, literally in real time, inventing all this awesome stuff we get to use. And, you know, I think that's, that's just what's happening and that gets a lot of that gets lost.
0: Yeah. And I think just the, by the nature of the businesses that he's chosen to be in, he gets a lot of political uh, of ire from, from yeah. people, not to mention the fact that Automakers have been historically terrible investments, and he has, you know, if you could go back in time and buy Tesla at the IPO, you are now up. I don't even know how many uh, times in value, but boy, did you have to endure a lot of pain uh, along the way to 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 get that. So, yeah, to to me, Elon was already rich, and he bet everything on 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 Tesla and and, uh, and SpaceX. So I. I think the fact that he is in it for the mission just rings true to people that, uh, that, uh, that believe in him and uh, want to wanna see his company succeed. I think that that is such an undervalued asset is the people that he has, the evangelists really that he has, has cultivated uh, is such a big advantage for, for the
1: company. Right. Um, yeah. And, and it's like for every single s- cell in those Wall Street spreadsheets, not one of them mentions the why behind the company which is why every investor and customer love their products. And that's the secret sauce that has been their competitive advantage and why nobody gets it. And it's, you know,
0: but yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. You're preaching the choir there. Uh, Gally, Kalpana wants to
1: know, uh, what technology stocks do you own besides Tesla? So I just wrote my biggest check into SpaceX. Um, and I, I love their two wheel electric safest motorcycle. Um, but honestly Tesla is the, my biggest investment by far. How did you become an investor in SpaceX? Um, I had to set up like three different companies and drive <laughs> for six months, and it was yeah, it was the div- most difficult thing I've ever done, but totally worth it. Cool, that's uh, interesting to know.
0: Uh, M. Bivvy says, "I wonder if Tesla will have an autonomous features to be used as a pay-as-you-go." Do you think that that could be an option, where instead of plunking down six, seven thousand dollars upfront, you could
1: say, "I want to autonomous yep. on this drive and and use it temporarily." Yep, and everyone's been begging them about a monthly autopilot subscription. I know they're working on it. So that'll probably come eventually.
0: Wow. That would change the revenue profile and the margin profile of the, uh, uh, company significantly. JJ says, is Tesla a buy at today's present valuation?
1: (laughs) You want to take that one? (laughs) You you got some thinking to do. I don't know. I
0: can't answer that. You've got to be a big boy. Yep. Uh, Jack says, if you get a chance, watch the episode of Jay Leno's Garage where he had Elon and his Tesla uh, on it. Yeah, I saw the one that he did with the, um, uh, yeah, the Cybertruck. I'm, I'm interested. All right. So, uh, Galley, if people are interested in following you, what's the best way for them to connect with you and see your content?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you can follow me. Um, my YouTube channel is called HyperChange, youtube.com slash HyperChangeTV. Just Google HyperChange, one word, uh, you'll find me. Uh, and yeah, would love to have people join the discussion. My, I'm all about just the community, moving the discussion forward, talking about tech companies change the world, just like Tesla. I mean, just basically doing what we did here. This was so much fun. So, yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me, Brian. Really. Appreciate thank you.
0: It. Thank you for being here. I think you can tell why Galley has a big following. He's his, his, his enthusiasm for this stuff is, uh, is infectious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> green revolution, bro. This is good news. Battery
1: day. Like the world's changing. Like I really think this is bright news that should oh, make totally. everybody happy. So
0: Totally. Galley. thank you so much for coming on full
1: live and we will be in touch soon. Definitely. See you, Brian. Have a good one. All right. Peace. Cheers, Gally.